Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, beginning with the first verse and going through the 11th. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all about Jesus, all about he did and taught from the beginning, until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions to the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It's not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Christ is still risen. Hallelujah. Welcome to Good Shepherd United Methodist Church this morning. It's wonderful to be in worship today, and and thanks for being here with us. We're glad you've chosen to worship with us here at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. And everyone worshiping with us, whether you're in person or online, is a part of the Good Shepherd family. Um, If it's your first time with us, welcome to the family. We're glad to have you a part of it. Uh, And let's take a moment this morning to wave to each other, to wave to those who are online, so that we can make that family connection that we are all a part of one body here at Good Shepherd. If you see a face that you don't recognize or someone that you haven't seen here in a while, please introduce yourself to them with a, a Good Shepherd welcome. If you're online, comment with us in the comment section so that we know you're here and you can leave prayer requests so that we have an opportunity to pray for those needs over the week. We love hearing from you, whether you're in the house, whether you're online, so please feel free to connect. I'm Pastor Regina, and I'm looking forward to spending these next few minutes with you. Now, we are two weeks into our Hope is Finally Here sermon series. As an Easter people... Grounded in Christ's resurrection, we are claiming the hope that the resurrection gives to each of us on our faith journey. A hope of companionship, a hope of a future, and a hope of eternal life. We're exploring what this hope means for 21st century, for a 21st century church and a 21st century disciple. We're positioning ourselves to live into the changes that come with being a debt-free, transforming church while standing on the foundation of Scripture, not letting the past keep us down, but allowing the future to unfold in God's timing and in God's plan. The key verse for this series comes from Psalm 32, or 33, 22. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, 
even as we hope in you. Let's repeat that together. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us even as we hope in you. Even with the changes in the way we worship, even with our priorities, our changes there, whether they're individual or collective uh, priorities, in our comfort levels, in the way that we spread the gospel, the message of love and hope that comes through knowing Christ remains the focal point of all that we do. We're beginning to discover what hope looks like in a 21st century church and community. We're learning what, what we as individuals are called to do to help faith become relevant to folks who, who we encounter as we live into new experiences in a new world. We're seeking God's direction and defining what the future looks like under God's direction. We're learning to paint a picture of tomorrow and ascertain what we need to do to get to this picture of hope. We will honor a commitment to a future as, as a church that stays relevant as we shift, not from a spiritual base, but into a more culturally based, Christ-centered, praying, inviting, loving community of faith that we claim ourselves to be. We began this series last week by cre creating a picture of resurrection hope in Christ as we viewed the snapshot of reactions from the disciples as they first encountered a resurrected Jesus. These disciples almost missed the hope that awaited them as they fearfully hid, uh, hid behind closed doors. Some saw and believed. Others saw and were afraid to tell anyone. Some needed proof before believing. We who have not seen are called to believe in Jesus because of our experiences with Jesus. We are encouraged not to miss the hope found in Christ by stubbornly clinging to what was and failing to see what is. As we move closer to being a transformative 21st century church, we must realize that the church we grew up in, that church has changed. And that we too have changed because of our life experiences. So we asked the question this morning, how do we find hope in which we live? Hope is, 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 conf is the confident expectation of what God has promised. The strength of this resurrection hope comes from the faithfulness to God to fulfill God's promises. For us, we find true meaning of hope as we claim that faithfulness of God. Christ's resurrection gives us this whole new hope that gives way to trust, a trust that strengthens belief, a belief that turns to faith, and a faith that is grounded in love. This resurrection hope, it's a catalyst, a catalyst that deepens our spirituality. It's the foundation of our faith that increases our belief in and love for God and others. As our spirituality deepens, this hope is not consumed by actions and reactions of faith. So, how do we hear this wake-up call that we've been given and, and emerge as this faith-filled 21st century church? A church that, with a future that is under God's direction. This obvious revelation is that we will probably need to change and do things differently than we ever have before. We may even have to think outside of century-old boxes. We may have to pers persevere when, when we don't get it right the first time with our first efforts. 
What we must remember is that God is in the change and that God is already in the future waiting for us to respond. God is in the transformation. In a few weeks, it will be Ascension Sunday. And that's the day that the church sets aside to to remember Jesus' ascension into heaven after his resurrection and his post-resurrection appearances with the disciples. Jesus had promised the disciples this coming presence of God and the Holy Spirit if they would stay in Jerusalem and wait. In our scripture reading this morning, we find Jesus' followers waiting. I would say that this is a time of waiting was their significant pause in that they were waiting for a promise to be fulfilled. They were waiting for Jesus' teachings to, to once again be made real to them. They were waiting for their next steps in a mission that Jesus had begun. Sounds like where we are here at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church, doesn't it? Waiting to discern what the future holds for us. As the disciples watched Jesus rise into the clouds, after hearing him say that they would receive the Holy Spirit, I wonder how many actually heard that second part of that statement. That second part of the statement says, And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now obviously, some of them heard it, or we would not be here today, right? But some of them must have stood there heaven-gazing, or there had been no need for the two men in white robes to appear and make that next proclamation that Jesus would come back. He's going to come back in the same way that he left. But isn't it just like us humans? We hear what's go- that we're going to be given something that we want, and then we stare at the giver and wait until the gift is received. We may not hear that next part, that we may have some responsibility after we receive that gift. Kind of like the teenager who gets that first car. They don't immediately think about buying gas or maybe paying for insurance, not to mention the responsibility that comes with the operation of a motor vehicle. They just know they have a car. They might even go sit in the driveway because they now have a car. Now, come on, y'all have done that. Y'all have done that. The person who gets that first job and receives their first paycheck, they think about all the money that they're going to be able to buy without thinking about those taxes that come out or, or that they have the responsibility to save some maybe for some unexpected expenses. We too, we have that tendency to wait for the gift but not to plan for the responsibilities of the gift. Sometimes someone eventually comes along and, and reminds us that there's work to do, accountability to our actions and concern for other things. Our heaven-gazing followers of Jesus were jolted into reality by the two white-robed men asking them why they were looking toward heaven. Jesus will come back, but in the meantime, go to work, doing the job that Jesus just told you to do. Be witnesses to the rest of the world. Go and tell the world about this man who you've been with for the last three years, how he died how he came back to life and has just spent 40 days reviewing his teachings with you and equipping you to carry on his mission. You know, 
we sometimes can be heaven-gazing disciples. We want to stay in our pretty sanctuaries, worshiping with like-minded fold. We think about how great it would be to be a part of a faith community. We forget. We forget that we're actually called to go and tell the flock about our experiences with Jesus. We realized a few years ago that the building wasn't the most important part of the church. We realized that worship could look way differently than we were accustomed to. We realized that relationship with each other and with God was the only thing that mattered as we sat in our houses longing to be together. Did you notice that Jesus didn't tell his followers? Now only go spread the gospel to folks you know or like and keep it in the family. No, Jesus said, go tell everybody. The home folks, those Samaritans that you don't like, the folks in your community that are marginalized, and then go everywhere to all parts of the world to tell all people of the world and let them know about me and how much I love them and, yes, how much you love them too. You know, Jesus knew it would be hard for us. So he promised us that God would send his Holy Spirit to help us in our weaknesses, to comfort and support us when things got tough, to instruct us in how and when and where to share God's love. God showed those heaven-gazing disciples, and yes, us, what a future looks like under God's direction. A God-directed future looks like one where God's followers look for God in all circumstances, listen when God speaks, and obeys God's commandments. As a 21st century-directed, God-directed church, it looks like one where all persons are welcomed, invited, and accepted. One where justice is available to all persons where equality is found in all places, where economics are fairly distributed, where food is abundant to all. A church where all persons are loved because they are a child of God created in God's image, where we love and serve God and neighbor because because of God's great love for us. So how do we get to that future? How do we drill down on the specifics to accomplish these high ideals? We do the hard work. We do the hard work it takes to address the needs of others. We examine our own lives, our conscience, and our practices to determine those areas where we can improve. We look to God to challenge us, to convict us, to strengthen us, and to teach us how to move into a future that glorifies God. Our leadership team had a great meeting Monday where where dreams began to take form and and we realized that we have much to offer within our current facilities and ministries. We simply need to grab that low-hanging fruit. There are many simple things that Good Shepherd United Methodist Church can do right now to begin our future growth. Our job, our job is to step up and step out into faith, to do what we've talked about doing and to recognize and to re-energize some areas that we have neglected. The future's bright at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. Our job is to trust God and to begin to act. Jesus walks before us and with us into a new future of hope where we can all exclaim, hope is finally here. We began to better understand that the resurrection of Christ gives us a whole new hope 
and we are embarking on a future under God's direction. May we see with our eyes and believe with our hearts that Jesus Christ is risen. May we have the courage to to go and tell the world that there is hope to be found in a resurrected Christ. May we seek to listen to God and follow in the direction that God leads us into that hopeful, faith-filled future. Let us listen to God speak to us as we watch and wait for God's Spirit to appear. As we move into communion this morning, I I want us to, to feel that hope to watch and to wait and to listen for that hope to to dwell within us. Those disciples who were walking along that Emmaus road after after that experience, they didn't really have any hope after they'd seen Jesus die. They didn't have any hope. They were all consumed with themselves and what they were feeling. But once Jesus broke that bread, all eyes were open. They remembered who Jesus was and who Jesus is in their life, and what the future, that the future world had hope that is found in Jesus. So as you come this morning, I want you to come knowing that there's hope that is found in this simple bread and simple cup. This is a means of God's grace. It is a means by which God can speak to you. And as you come this morning, I want you to remember that no matter what you've done, no matter where you feel you are in your Christian walk, that as long as you're ready to move toward that new direction, God knows you're not going to be perfect, but God knows that God is walking with you. God's Spirit is with you. And all are invited to this table. So let us take a moment this morning to pray for those things that that are roadblocks to God's grace for us and ask God to open our eyes. Let's pray together. Holy and awesome God, we know that, that we are a broken, sinful people. But Lord, we know that we are also a forgiven and redeemed people by your actions. Lord, we know that we are invited to this table. And we ask that you forgive us and complete us as we come this morning to feast at your table. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When Jesus was sitting there having the meal with his disciples, he took took that loaf of bread and he broke that bread. And he reminded those sitting there that this was his body which is given for you. And he asked that every time we eat this bread, that we eat it in remembrance of him. And then he took that last cup, that cup of blessing, and he said, you know, This cup represents a new covenant. A new covenant of the blood that is poured out for you and for many future disciples. And when he said, drink from this cup and every time that you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Lord, for all the acts that you have done for us, for this simple gift of bread and cup and for the things that it represents. Lord, we we give you thanks. We ask that you pour out your spirit on all of us sitting here this morning, all of us those that are listening online. 
And we ask that you fill this bread and cup with your spirit. Lord, that as it is filled, as we consume it, that we are consumed with your grace, your love, and your purpose, and that it becomes you to us. In all that we say, Lord, we give you praise. Amen. If those who are helping this morning will come forward, please. will serve by intention this morning. They will take a piece of bread. You will dip it in the cup. The altar is open for you to come and have those conversations that you need to have with God. We do have gluten-free options, and if you're not comfortable with intention, we have single-serve options as well. Come, feast at the Lord's table prepared for you.
go from this place. Go knowing that God goes before you and with you and go singing God's praise. Amen. Amen. Go with God today. You are dismissed. Oh, praise the Lord.